The Gophers have made a decision at the offensive coordinator position, and I'm not going to lie, it's left me a little skeptical. Find out why on today's episode of Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, today we're talking about the Gophers filling that empty offensive coordinator position, and they've done it in a way that I'm not sure I like. But why? We'll talk about that really quick here. But first, be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube where we're building the community so you don't miss a single episode when it comes to Gophers information in the latest and greatest. Now, thank you for making Lock on Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers daily sports. And we're talking about how they filled the offensive coordinator position today. Now, why? Why did the Gophers fill this position? Well, Kirk Shiraka departed from the Gophers for the second time in the past like four years and again to another intra-conference opponent. First, he left for Penn State and then he left for Rutgers. Now, those who have a disdain for P.J. Fleck have easily spun that into, well, clearly that shows that people don't want to work with him and don't like him and okay let's let's just chill on that I mean I think that's a very tired idea and I don't buy it because each coach that has left this program on their own volition so they weren't fired or anything of the manner has had many factors play a part in their move so uh coach Haynes to Wisconsin coach Brick Haley to uh Purdue Coach Burns to Kent State, you name it, coaches before them as well. All of them, in some form or manner, had the following, probably three of the following four things. One, they had a promotion of some variety, at, at whether it's just a step up to maybe from position coach to OC or co-OC or uh, position coach to a head coach. A promotion of some kind has been had for a lot of them. Two, they had expiring contracts coming up at the end of that season. Now, that is the fact for Coach Haley and Coach Haynes. Uh, I believe Coach Scirocco is still under contract. Uh, Coach Burns' contract was technically up, but they probably would have extended him. But we don't know what they would have done at the end of those contracts. So it leaves a little bit of a question mark for some of the things. Now, number three, they're pairing with a coach that they have previous or extensive history with. That's true for Shiraka. That's true for uh, Haley. That's true for Haynes. And so the final one is a significant pay increase. Again, that's true for Coach Burns now. That's true for Coach Haynes. That's true for Coach Haley. So of those four things, typically all of them have experienced three of the four. You've got Burns with a promotion. You've got uh, 
coach Shiraka kind of with a promotion, kind of similar playing job, but at the same time, significant pay increases for all four of them. Uh, pairing with a coach that they've had pre- previous extent- extensive history with. I just said three of the four have it. Expiring contracts, three of the four had it. And then the promotion of some variety. I believe one of the four really had a true promote promotion. Now, if I told you I could give you a similar job or a promotion, you can work with one of your best friends, one of your good friends out there, and I will increase your salary, increase your pay. Oh, yeah. And there might not be 100% certainty, guarantee that your current job is going to keep you long term. I'm guessing you would jump at that opportunity as well. You would consider it. You'd probably take it and you would move on to work with your best friend, get that more money and be more secure. So I wouldn't be all panicked by all this coaching movement. There are other circumstances at hand and we've just kind of laid that out. It's not just because they don't like working with Coach Fleck and they want to move interconference and all that. No, there's other reasons at hand. So let's get past the silly narratives and let's look at what's more likely happening here. Now, that's not to say that everyone loves working with Coach Fleck and everyone loves the way he manages things and works things. That's not saying it at all. There are people who could be off put by it or not love it as much as some of their other places they've been. But again, there's other reasons at hand. It's not just everybody doesn't like Coach Fleck. So we're done with that ridiculous sentiment. Now, what are we looking at moving forward? We're more interested in how these coaches are being replaced and the replacement options. Now, so far with the defensive line coach and Coach Winston Dela Tibadir, um, I'm more intrigued by that one. I think we've talked about that on our episode with Galen Elmore last week. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do that. But I'm more intrigued with that and excited by what he can bring here to the program that's different and refreshing and new. Now, when it comes to the offensive coordinator position, which has been officially filled, it's filled internally with someone who is already coaching here. In fact, not just one someone, but two. That's right. We didn't fill the the internal offensive coordinator position with just one coach. We did it with two. That's wide receivers coach Matt Simon and tight end coach Greg Harbo. Both are young guys. Both have some interest from outside parties. Both could be seen as up and coming. And I get not wanting to have them poached, but there are still things that have me worried with this decision. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up next. But first, let's talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is that high protein power packed bar that will give you about 17 grams of protein on only 130 calories and less than four grams of sugar. So it's good for you. It does the job. It tides you over from meals from lunch to dinner, breakfast to lunch, you name it. And it tastes good. And there's flavors for everyone out there, whether that be churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, if you're not as spicy, you don't like the the pizzazz and you want something more chill, they've got other flavors like raspberry or uh, coconut. And so it's just, there's something different strokes for different folks, different flavors for all those out there, whether it be salty, savory, sweet, you name it, they've got it for you at Built Bar and you don't have to do it strictly online because they're now in local chains as well, including Sam's Club, 
in Walmart. So you can head to your local Walmart, head to the pharmacy section where you can find your other protein uh, snacks or protein powders and things of sorts in the Walmart, in the Sam's Club, and you'll be sure to find Built Bar there as well. Definitely give it a try and let me know what you think. Let me know what your favorite flavor is. But that's our friends over at Built Bar and check them out at Built.com as well. Now, Gophers fans, thank you once again for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers sports. And we don't just talk about Gophers football, but we talk about Gophers basketball, both men's and women's. We're going to work in more hockey content as well, starting this Friday and moving forward every Friday up until the hockey season officially comes to a close. So be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and leave a like so others can find these videos as well. Now, like I said, I'm a little hesitant, a little skeptical when it comes to the offensive coordinator position. And here's why. Because I should be excited, right? Young, upcoming coaches, we're keeping them internally, should be stoked. But I'm still hesitant. I'm still skeptical. I'm still unsure if this was the right decision. The first being, there are two voices at that one position instead of one. And it seems like that alone could bring more tension than good. What happens when there's a disagreement, whether it be, oh, I think we should do this in this situation, or, oh, I think we should do this. And as soon as there's a disagreement on the field, what happens? Who calls the plays? Now, it has been rumored that Matt Simon will be the play caller and Greg Harbo will be uh, working different facets of the coordinator position. But still, okay, say Matt Simon is calling the plays. Well, then, is why is Greg Harbo at the position of offensive coordinator if he's not calling the plays? Or will Greg Harbo be looking over Matt Simon's shoulder as the play caller, second-guessing some of the decisions he makes, or wondering, oh, I think I would have called this in this position instead, and I think it would have been more effective. Like, just you see the added tension that could be there. And if the offense struggles, do you switch play callers? Will that zap confidence of Matt Simon if he's the play caller if you switch him? And on top of that, you can look at it as a way to prevent poaching because you didn't want to lose either one of these guys. But does it really prevent poaching or does it further encourage it because these guys are like, I want this position myself. I don't want to be a co-offensive coordinator. I want to be the guy. And they both look to maybe future opportunities elsewhere because they're not the guy here. That's just the, the the beginning of those questions. I'm sure that there's other questions as well when it comes to having two offensive coordinators. And that's not even my only concern because outside of having the two offensive coordinators, it's still relatively going to be the same looking offense. Harbo worked very closely with Coach Shiraka. Matt Simon worked very closely with PJ Fleck. They've grown up in those systems. They've learned and developed and grown in those systems. So yes, it might be a younger mindset. There might be some tweaks that they're like, well, I would do this differently, but I haven't had the ability to make that call yet. There could be some changes here and there, but in essence, it's going to be the same or a very similar offense. Now, there's pros to that because... You don't have to really change terminology as much. Maybe there's only some slight tweaks that you're making. So it's not learning a whole new system. 
But that being said, this would have been a prime opportunity to bring in a new voice, a more modern voice, a new passing elements, new concepts, new route concepts to incorporate that throw off the competition as well as maybe take the Gophers offense to the next level. Now, that's not saying scrap the run. We shouldn't be a run team. I'm not saying that at all. But running can still be the bread and butter while we increase the efficiency, the attempts, and the production in that passing space. Now, one name that I brought up heavily was involved in Tulane's offensive system. And I'm not saying that's the only option, but the process, the mindset of why I was looking that way is what I was hoping the Gophers would go for. And that's having someone that has shown to be very effective in the ground game still with Tulane being 19th in the country in rushing production last year, having the 21st total offense last year, going to a cotton bowl after being two and 10 the year before and their offense taking huge strides. So like I said, they're 19th in running. The Gophers were 16th. They were right behind us. But then you flip and look at the passing efficiency and the passing production, and they were 61st in the nation. The Gophers were 116th. Like, that's quite the difference. They're right in the middle of the pack when it comes to the FBS and being able to pass the ball effectively. They worked with a highly talented quarterback in Pratt. They had a highly talented running back in Ty J. Spears, who couldn't be an NFL guy, but they also worked other guys in that running back room and used them to their strengths as well. The way Tulane did it was great. They saw the, they got to a Cotton Bowl. They saw the huge leap in the progress. And I'm not just saying Tulane. I'm sure you can go out there if you look around the league and find maybe three to four different offenses outside of Tulane that still were very run productive and lean towards a ground and pound system, but incorporate balance with the passing game with more modern passing concepts and throwing teams off in different ways. A fresh voice could have really invigorated the offense, which could go a long way with all the coaching changes in the Big Ten as well. Wisconsin, new systems. Nebraska, new systems. Purdue, new systems. Rutgers, new systems. One we might be more familiar with and one they might have had in the past, back in the day, but new systems nonetheless. Then you look at some of those coaches are bringing knowledge of the gopher system to their programs. Wisconsin has a gophers coach coming in. Purdue has a gophers coach coming in. Rutgers has the OC coming in. They're going to know more about the gophers and how they like to do things. Now they've already had experience with them over the years. We know this, we've put it on film, but they're going to have more of an inside voice. And then on top of that, you look at Illinois, who is familiar with the Gopher systems and been able to scheme defensively against it. You look at Iowa, who is familiar with the Gopher system and has been able to effectively scheme against it. They've played in close games. They've won against the Gophers in back-to-back years now. A new voice would have thrown all of these competitors, all of those schools, programs that I just listed, off. They wouldn't know what's coming. They can look at, again, if we're using Tulane as an example, but it's not the only thing. They can look at those voices. They can look at what they did at those old schools, but they don't have it paired with this personnel. They don't know who exactly is playing what position, and that leaves a lot of question marks. And a year that is looked to have a very, very, very more competitive schedule coming up. 
I think this was a prime opportunity to bring a fresh voice and a different scheme and system that could have made this team in the program and the offense come alive and maybe take that next step. It made life more difficult for those other programs that we mentioned. Those are just a few of the concerns that I have from this decision itself. And I'm not saying it can't work. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I am hoping to be proven wrong and that Gophers fans can look at this video in the future and troll me with it. Be like, this guy had no idea what he was talking about. Sure, you know what? You win some, you lose some, you hit some, you miss some. But I, you don't have to be in favor of every single thing that happens with the program. Right now, color me skeptical with this one. Color me concerned. But we'll see how it plays out. Now let's hear a little bit more about what these two coaches have done so far in their careers, who they've worked with, and why maybe it could still work out for the better. That's what's coming up next. All right, Gophers fans. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. And if you love college sports and you love college basketball, we're talking about college basketball here on this show, but you can also find it at Lockdown College Basketball where They'll be keeping you posted on the greatest information happening across the entire basketball world. And as we approach those conference tournaments, as we approach the NCAA tournament, they're going to have all of that and more great information for you covered across all the different conferences over at Lockdown College Basketball. Now, let's talk about these two coaches and what they've done so far. Coach Matt Simon, he was the wide receivers coach for Rutgers, Western Michigan, and Minnesota from the timeline of 2013 to present. He's coached guys like Corey Davis, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Chris Ottman-Bell, a lot of those names have been in the NFL. Chris Ottman-Bell is aspiring to be in the NFL. They've all shown great talent, great development over their years in the programs that they were at. So that's encouraging. He's worked with a lot of really good players and helped them develop into professional level players. Now, he was the passing coordinator, is passing game coordinator as well in 2019, which was the year that we saw our most effectiveness and highly productiveness when it came to passing. So hopefully that carries over, but we were still 106th in the nation in passing attempts. So hopefully those pass attempts will still go up some, but we see that similar production, that highly effectiveness in the passing game. If that's what's coming over, then you love to see that. You love to see that positivity positivity that trend in a different direction finding more balance now speaking of balance he was the play caller in the outback bowl in 2019-2020 where we played auburn a number 12 ranked auburn and he had 30 passing attempts in that game 45 rushing attempts and in those 45 rushing attempts he was split mainly between two running backs 36 of those 45 rushing attempts came from two different running backs so hopefully that can be incorporated as well. Hopefully we can really work that running back room with the talent that fills it with Darius Taylor, with Zach Evans, with Marquise Williams. You've got Trey Potts and Bryce Williams still coming back. There's so much talent in that room that hopefully we find a way to really accentuate the skill set. Maybe you have Darius Taylor take 16 attempts, Zach Evans take 20 attempts. That's that 30, if you're using this 45 game sample. 45 attempt sample. Now, and not every game is going to have 45 attempts, but bear with me, roll with me. 20 to Zach Evans, 16 to Darius Taylor. You give like eight attempts or six attempts to Marquise Williams and allow him to play more of a scat back and get used in the receiving game as well. You let 
them spell each other and reap the benefits of their different skill sets. That could be extremely encouraging. So hopefully we'll see that carry over. And then he also put up 31 total points in that Outback Bowl. So hopefully, just hopefully, we see a lot of that singular game, small sample size trend over to the year, as opposed to being more of a outlier or an anomaly. Then let's look at Coach Greg Harbo. He was a wide receiver coach with Chattanooga for a year. QC, quality control coach for Minnesota in 2019. Wide receivers coach for Western Michigan from 2020 to 2021. And then Minnesota tight ends coach last year. Now in Western Michigan, he worked with D. Eskridge. He worked with Sky Moore. Both became top 60 NFL draft picks. Also familiar with Corey Crooms, who is coming from Western Michigan and transferring into Minnesota this upcoming season. And then you look at the progress that coach not coach, that player Brevin Spanford saw with Coach Harbo. Now, I'm not saying it's all Harbo, like Brevin clearly put in the work on himself too, but Coach Harbo helped his his game develop all around a bit more and really take that next step and that next stride. And so hopefully we see that even more so moving into next year as well. But Coach Harbo is rumored to be going to the quarterback position because Coach Fleck likes to pair the quarterback coach with the offensive coordinator. So that's kind of the role that coach Greg Harbo can take on as well, still keeping that tradition going. And you might be thinking, well, why would we just move a tight ends coach to the quarterback? That's not productive. They don't speak the language. It's different. Like they're not even related. Well, you could be right there, but he, he coach Greg Harbo has a vast experience with coach Shiraka in his quarterback room. And he actually helped coach Shiraka with various tax tasks in the quarterback room early on in his career. On top of that, he played quarterback for coach Shiraka at Averett university back in the day. So he was a quarterback himself. He's been in coach Shiraka's QB rooms and systems and helped throughout it all so it's not just coming out of nowhere like he has experience in it and it still could be highly effective so it's not all grim it's not all doom and gloom but color me skeptical until I see it happen I'm hesitant I want to see what happens and hopefully I can be proven wrong but I really think this was the time for a new voice for a fresh voice and the two instead of one just seems like more of a headache than a helpful we'll find out be sure to hit subscribe on locked on golden gophers and thank you for listening thank you for tuning in leave a five-star review wherever you find the podcast at locked on golden gophers that's going to do it for us i'll see you tomorrow bro the boat's got you mine go go